Hello, it's Indy Advant. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Private Suite Magazine interview series. Today I'm joined by the Wizard of Loneliness, also known as Colin. And he, he runs Halcyon Tapes, or is it Records? Yeah, you could call it whatever. It's, um, I just try not to refer to it. In many companies, they ask what Halcyon Tapes is, which is like the running thing that Randy has going with me. Oh, yeah. It's it's a source of shame. It's, <laughs> no. No, yeah, it's, uh, I'm in, I'm in charge of it along with, uh, there's somebody else that also ha- has started helping run that, uh, FZ. So it's co we're co-running that right now. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah, I imagine it's... Uh, you just clap for that? <laughs> it's one, one sad no, clap no, for I, that. I hit my leg, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I imagine it's grown into uh, a lot of work. You know, you're doing so much now. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, there's been more of a push, it seems like, for different forms of media. So rather than become an expert at everything, I kind of look for other people to help me out with things like uh, mini discs and uh, records and yeah. Yeah. No, very cool. I don't have time to learn all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know too much about the production of mini discs, but I know you put one out recently with uh, Vapor Softworks. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that was a beautiful uh, gem of a mini disc there. I managed to snag one. Oh, you got one? Yeah. I don't have anything to listen to them on, so I'm going to assume that they sound pristine. I also the source is good. I also you don't. don't. You do. No, nobody's listened to these mini discs that are coming out. Yeah, but I want to get one. They're not crazy expensive. Like you could get one for 150. That isn't yeah, terrible. If you, it's the the home stuff is more expensive. Like if you want to hook it up to a stereo, that's where it starts costing a lot of money. But if you want to buy like a secondhand uh, mini disc player, like a Walkman kind, portable ones, uh, yeah. it's like yeah, like fifty, sixty bucks for a yeah, okay true. one. Yeah, exactly. Now I'll have to get a deck to complete my my stack, as they say. Do they say that? Some people say I, I say it. Your stack, you know, your amplifier, your receiver, your cassette deck, whatever you got. Oh, I thought you were talking about your stack of mini di- mini discs. Oh no, <laughs> I, no one I refers do. to that as a stack. It's getting starting to be a stack, I guess. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show, the Private Suite Magazine podcast. It kind of has its own interview uh, section now where I'm, I'm talking to different artists and labels and stuff. So we really appreciate you taking the time to um, say hi and have a quick chat. Yeah, it's been great. I'll get uh, going soon. So don't worry. You won't be stuck with me for long. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going to be great. So no, tell- uh, <laughs> that was my out. You're going to keep me forever now. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go through all of my questions. Can you edit that in post? It's like have computer <laughs> Sam say all that stuff. Yeah, we'll see. No, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're super happy to have you, man. It's uh, you're you do some really awesome stuff in the community. So tell us a bit about yourself, like how you got into music, uh, vaporwave, maybe when you decided to produce music yourself and do the label. Hmm. I know that you got started a while back, uh, and I think you put out your first 
release yourself like under wizard of loneliness yeah yeah for a while i was doing it completely just uh as the self-releasing artist kind of thing Mm -hmm. that was 2016 when that started i guess right yeah that's when i started actually making the tapes the same like doing uniform tape designs and uh putting it up for sale before that, it was like it was like every single different one would be a collage I would cut out by hand, and then just try and get somebody to listen to it with like handing it out to my friends and getting that. Like I'd invite them over and be like, "Hey, here, you can have this now that we've we've hung out." It was a little weird, kind of. <laughs> I don't really know if they listen to that kind of music either, but uh, yeah, that's it. It's been a long and winding road from the days of cutting up National Geographics for each tape. Yeah, well, you, there's a lot of just on your Bandcamp alone. There's uh, there's quite a lot of stuff there. Um, not all of it by you, if if I understand correctly, but uh, maybe eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. It's been I think a year, about a year and a half since I started asking other artists to uh, publish on. Uh, on my label, the first one I think was uh, Monochrome Echoes, uh, which is a kind of an IDM beat tape. Uh, it's a guy from England, I believe, his name's Simon, and it was just kind of, I guess, how a lot of labels do it, which is listening to music that's coming out, trying to consume as much as possible, and then finding something that you think is going to fit the style that you want to curate on your label. So I started doing that, and then since then, just doing the same thing, finding stuff that I really like and kind of pursuing that, asking them if they want to release on uh, Halcyon. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you started, it was kind of more of a lo-fi hip-hop kind of vibe. Is that right? Definitely, yeah. Actually, I started with the full intention to just put out a bunch of beat tapes that was like the the end goal for everything uh, when I got started. Oh, crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, when I started, it was more just a hobby that I did in the in-between time. I mean, I started my job and I didn't have a lot of downtime. But uh, before that, I was working not as a job, but like at my house, I ran, helped run a show house. Uh, we did basement shows and had actual band bands play at the basement so i was more in that circle of influence i guess so it was uh kind of like indie punk that kind of stuff and even then i was like i don't really think the music i can play is gonna fit in there so it naturally shifted more from okay uh, this isn't really so much for live music as it is uh, an internet consumable product so I kind of shifted towards uh, instrumental hip hop and beats because that's what I enjoyed listening to the most. Uh, then about, I don't know, like it, it took a couple of years to get at least decent at that. I don't know, some could argue it's, it's taking a bit longer than that if you're listening to my current stuff. But uh, I think just from from being in that sphere of knowing that the internet and publishing on the internet was going to be the way I was going, got me listening to a lot of vaporwave stuff pretty early on, and and wanting to kind of include that vibe into my music. Yeah, for so sure. Sort of led to things from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. 
<laughs> no, that's, that's it. That's the end of the story. You didn't end of the end of the story. And I never made another song again. <laughs> <laughs> so you post a lot of music on your SoundCloud. Can you tell us about how you kind of go about releasing so much? Like when I think about what I want to do for a project, I either release it song by song as it's coming out on SoundCloud, or I keep the songs to myself. Pretty rarely do I do that, but I'll keep them to myself and then I'll uh, release it privately and then sort of get it going from there. Yeah. And kind of but yeah. put it put it into a record sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's the, yeah. Most of the ideas I start out with are with a, with an entire album shaped around it in mind. I don't really go into a song going, you know, this is not going to fit into anything. I really like things to fit together. So I, I sort of try to uh, curate bunches of songs and then put them in an album as, you know, as quick as I can to when they're made. But a lot of times songs will sort of lose their place in an album and then I'll have to refine, you know, that vibe for a later album. That's interesting. I didn't even realize that that was a thing some artists might do. And speaking of um, new records or I guess finals, not super recently, but in the past few months, you had a vinyl go up and do really well. Um, it almost like as far as the pre-order on Curates goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 100 and it went up to 183, I think, so almost twice as many. So that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, I was not uh, planning to really make the goal at all on that. But that was like the first time I really put myself out there for crowdfunding for anything. So yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. And the record is certainly nice and it's like a cohesive package. You mentioned you like to put things into themes and sort of. And so I think that record turned out really hmm. nicely as far as that goes. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet in terms of uh, on. I mean, I've listened to, you know, the tape, I guess. But as far as actually listening to the record, I haven't had time. So somebody else will have to let me know. Yeah, no, I have. I really haven't had time to listen to I've it. I've spun it. It sounds great. There you go. So I'll take your word for it yeah. on that. <laughs> It certainly good, certainly does. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you said you started in lo-fi hip-hop sort of and then started introducing Vaporwave slowly. When did you decide to collaborate with other artists? I know you have at least one release on there with, um, I don't know how people say it, uh, Omni, Omni-N-I, is it? I just say Omni, but I don't know if that's how uh emmanuel's the guy's name i i don't know whether that's how he pronounces it well that's way easier than what i said oh man i i don't know i just it's weird because i've never had to refer to it while we were doing the entire album no uh i just we always refer to each other by our names i guess yeah so uh the anytime that i ever work on something with another person it's because we both have an idea that we're interested in doing and we get, I get a lot of, it's, I've, I've attempted a lot of, um, what do you call it? Collaborations. It's been attempted many times by me, but it's really hard to get the time and the cohesive vision going. Like I really, when I put an album together, I, I want to make sure that it does kind of fit in with my discography as well as with, you know, the vision that we're trying to do. Uh, but yeah, we had a idea for making a adult swim kind of late night lo-fi bumps kind of that instrumental stuff they would play mm-hmm. between the 
you know, right before the show would start back up after the, uh, what do you call them? Commercials, I guess. So yeah, we wanted to do that. Him and I are, are pretty good friends in terms of just, we're on the same wavelength, uh, with our, how much we try to get done in the amount of time. Like Emmanuel's a really hard working guy. So when yeah he runs section I, nine right yeah yeah I had already gotten a couple things from him and really liked the tapes that he had sent me so it sort of was already somebody I knew that I would kind of mesh with when it came to our our work habits right yeah I can't really say enough good things about him he actually also helped master the the record that just uh, came out shout out to Emmanuel yeah he's been doing a lot of stuff I know he's starting up a kind of like the sound engineering thing for a lot of people. He worked on that Mesh album too. Uh, Dream Sequence, I think, was also something he helped master for vinyl. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's always good to talk to. Um, but yeah, that's one of the, the... I mean, I'm working on something right now. Uh, it's like a third of the way uh, with Power PC Me which is coming together pretty well. That one's a little bit different though, because it's, I I like his music, but also it's been a completely different collaboration process because we both use the same setup. So we're able to share files and, and work on them in a, a much more integrated way, I guess. Oh, nice. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a bit more about the, the difficulties or obstacles you have to overcome when you're trying to collaborate um yeah uh i mean it's different for everybody there's so many different programs that people use it's the uh the digital audio workstation that people use really affects how well your your workflow is going to mesh with somebody else uh it kind of cuts into where in the process the songwriting process you're going to be able to meet that person with your ideas uh, so like, for example, when it was with, uh, with Emmanuel for the night swim album that we did, it was more of a, okay, we have to mix these tracks together to make sure that the ideas, you know, blend. But for this, uh, this one that I'm working on right now, it's more a case of he sends me a bunch of ideas. I can actually see these like constructs of songs and take them apart to find what I like from them and almost kind of treat his basis like the base start of a song as a, a sample sort of. And that works really well with the, the workflow that I've got. So when we're doing a lot of tracks, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be pretty easy to hear on the album. You'll, you'll hear the samples being used in, in two different ways. And since we're starting from this really early stage of a song, uh, my direction that I go in is going to be pretty completely different than the one that he goes in, but they'll have that same fundamental starting point you'll probably hear. So that works well for people that are as many of us in the, you know, hip hop and vaporwave scene are, we're kind of connected digitally only. So it's good to have a system that you can actually just integrate really quickly with just to download and then open it up in your your DAW, your digital audio workstation for just open it and start getting to work because that mm -hmm. that uh, hurdle of being able to work with the other person's sounds, trying to figure that out is 
sometimes the start point and end point of a lot of collaborations, it seems like it's like, well, I use this. And then the other person's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I, I use this. And then you just sort of fumble with each other's you know, like, I can export a wave file. And like, uh, well, this is an entire, like, it's really clunky yeah. getting collaborations going unless you have either a really, really strong desire to work with the person or just it works out with the the way that your workflow is set up. It really is a, an incredible time for musicians to like, we have all these brilliant people writing all, all this awesome stuff. And, you know, it's incredibly easy to find someone that has a certain taste that you want to explore. And then maybe, you know, it works out to be vice versa. They want to explore what you sound like and you can just get started right away. You don't have to take a plane anywhere you know, that's, it's really phenomenal, um, phenomenal thing. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Especially for people that have to fly, would have, would have to fly, you know, for 10 hours or something because we have people, it's a global, it's a global genre, right? We have people working together from all over the world. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your relationships with some of the other artists that you've, you've worked with or you've done you know, social commentary with like some of the people on the 3D Blast cast, for example, uh, Fantasy Deluxe, you know, um, 3D Blast. And also, um, I know you put out one of Trash Ghosts releases on your label as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I meet a lot of people. Honestly, my hub for meeting people seems to have been uh, Twitter mostly. That was the first real like social media platform I started really not advertising, but you know, I, that's where I started uh, pretending to be the wizard of loneliness. Pretty much. That's where that persona really came into being. And so, yeah, I met uh, people like uh, 3d blast uh, trash ghost is, is really nice. Um, Encarta is great. Uh, you know, hexadecimal from lost angles that whole a lot of people from canada it seems like yeah like it's been really nice talking to them online as well uh as far as like 3d casts go it's been really nice uh doing some commentary on there we kind of comment on state of vaporwave in general sort of kind of like i mean with a more of a in character kind of I guess, twist to it. It's mm -hmm. hard to explain. But uh, also, uh, Randy and I, uh, 3D Blast, we also do um, sort of remix competitions where we uh, try to flip a sample uh, once a month. So we have a, a large kind of back catalog of those. Uh, a lot of those have ended up on albums, it seems like, that I've made. So good enough for my albums, which I don't know if that's saying a lot, but uh, but it's really fun. And uh, it it kind of speaks to that point you made earlier about this being a internet driven communication uh, genre or set of genres and adjacent genres. Yeah, exactly. And there was also someone else I wanted to talk to you about uh, that works on the magazine. Actually, a private suite magazine. Is it um, Sheep? Yeah, yeah. Um, Her sim. Uh, yeah, Kayla's really really nice. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah. So we put out SimSoft on my album. She had a really good idea for the sort of packaging and idea and just 
everything that she wanted to do with that. And yeah, I really like, I, I, we don't do this every time with Halcyon, but when an artist really has a good like packaging and just a real tangible idea that they, that we can make happen. I really like to do that. So for that one, we put out the SimSoft album, which the album itself was really nice. I'd wanted to hear something, you know, an entire album project from Sheep for a long time. And so there was this whole vision of, you know, buying the house. The, so it came with the deed to the house. It was written in the Simlish language came with a sort of crystal plumb bob thing that would float over the Sims heads in the game. And it came with a picture of the house that she had actually designed in the Sims. It was a very immersive experience and we really had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, that was a beautiful uh, production. I managed to get the tape, but I missed the mini CD. Or the mini disc, rather. Yep, too bad. You'll never get one. Too bad. So sad. <laughs> I've got one. No, wait. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. Even I don't have one. That's the thing. I, I, It's such a small... I mean, the, these are micro-labels, pretty much. All these... I mean, there's a couple big ones in, in Vaporwave, but a lot of the labels that you're going to see on, like, the Vaporwave Cassette Club, like... It's DIY. It's, it's, you know, we make what we can and then we sell it. And we, you know, a lot of times we don't get to keep copies of our own stuff because we're just, we're out of them. So, yeah, I was sad to see that that one is no more. But I am hoping to, in the future, have a couple more of those. So maybe I'll, I'll let you know later. Okay, nice. Well, you could always grab it off of Discogs for $70. Yeah. <laughs> That is. That's the unfortunate side of vaporwave. Yeah. Uh, let's not even get into that. Uh, so, can you tell us how this is going to be a, a difficult question? I'm sure. I like to ask everybody how you think your music fits in with the overall scope of the genre. You know, the under. What the, an easy question. Oh wow! I bet everyone else had a real tough time with it because they're dummies. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that uh, I, I guess everyone has a difficult time with it because most people don't really reflect, I don't at least, reflect on how they are comparing to other people. Most people are very focused on just putting out stuff that they want to put out. Yeah. Uh, but if I were going to stake a claim to any particular branch of Vaporwave in that community, I would say it definitely fits in more towards the like, I don't know, late night lo-fi. It's uh, definitely, it veers back and forth between kind of instrumental hip hop, but the way that I incorporate uh, slowed down samples and that echoey kind of feeling to it. I think that fits more into something that it's a very niche genre, I would say. And I've I've been trying to cultivate it and dig out my own little section of vaporwave for the last couple of years. But I I've been calling it vapor hop. So basically, like vaporwave and um and hops and barley, you know. So. I try to blend hip hop and vaporwave a lot. Sometimes I I can't I resist most of the time, but sometimes I can't resist throwing a in like a acapella hip hop track on top of things because it's just that's where my roots are, and it really kind of I try to blend it with what the sounds I love to hear in vaporwave are. So 
you know, I don't know, a good example of that. I think the the sound that I'm kind of defined by and that I've tried to really curate is uh, the album that I've got called Farewell, My Little Viking, yeah. the one with uh, Pete and Pete on the front. I think that's probably my most cohesive, like, this is what I am calling vapor hop kind of album. And uh, yeah, how does that relate to everything else? I don't know. It's a fringe. Everything's a fringe in this genre. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like the, it's a micro genre on its own. So mm -hmm. a couple people calling something the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a, it's a complicated form of saying, you know, what genre would you call yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think a couple people also might, I think, uh, was it Quadratox? also calls a lot of or at least labels it there's you can always talk about like what people label themselves on Bandcamp. everybody seems to throw everything on there but mm -hmm. uh whatever they consider their main genre it seems like there's a couple people calling it vapor hop so i'm gonna call it that too yeah yeah sure it's it, it kind of make it makes sense i guess yeah but it's still you have do have a kind of distinguished sound it's not like in that group of all that still what distinguished uh i mean it's got its own thing on Bandcamp, so i'm gonna say that by that standard yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's what i mean it's easy enough for me to explain and i that's what i've been just going by I'm, i forget when i started saying that that's what it is it's i the name sort of found it after that's the sound that i started kind of leaning towards i guess mm -hmm. and i wouldn't say everything i make falls under that a lot of it certainly falls under the instrumental hip-hop kind of lo-fi uh, genre but you know at least in the last year or so last two years maybe even i guess since we you were saying it's been like three years since we were talking like about 3d cast stuff <laughs> so yeah uh at least for the few years that i've been involved in the vaporwave scene that's where my influence has been yeah I got, and speaking of names, I guess you're trying to come up with a name. Where did your the name for your project come from? Uh, contrary to popular belief, it's not from the 80s movie no. with the mother from Back to the Future, <laughs> uh, Leah Thompson. Yeah. It is actually just a reference from a TV show called Nathan For You. In one episode is referred to as a wizard of loneliness uh, by kind of a meathead detective character, Private Eye. Um, so Nathan's feeling like uh, kind of dejected by that that label. But I sort of heard that and felt like, yeah, wait, I kind of embrace that. That's sort of what I I go for the, the being kind of weird and uh, <laughs> sticking to myself pretty much. Yeah. I think that's kind of how I curate my sound anyway. Just I, I do like working pe with other people, but uh, I think it's good to explore what you yourself have to offer first, I guess. True, true. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really interesting story. And that's a hilarious show too, Nathan, for you. It is. It is. I'm wearing my Summit Ice <laughs> windbreaker right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I saw that episode, and for a moment I had the thought, and then I actually forgot about it completely until just now. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I'm not saying that everyone should watch as much TV as possible. I mean, I tried to be at least a little obscure. 
but it is, it's a funny show and I, I, I never take offense when people are like, Oh, did you get that from the show? Yeah. That, that rude show. Hmm. That, that, that naughty show yeah. with that man with the robot that undressed him almost. <laughs> Um, amazing. I thought it, I think it won yeah. some awards though, that show, right? So. I love that show. Yeah. It, honestly, the name came about before I started, I, before I released a single track, I think back when I used to DJ, uh, because I used to DJ before I did any sort of in hip hop or anything. I used to, um, like do basement shows and and uh went to new york a few times to, to dj mm. i forget the name i think i called myself like kid nichols even that was just that was from a show called uh what was that show called flapjack from one, it, it's always just a one-off episode thing of a character that's never gonna return yeah never gonna be referenced again so i send i seem to lean towards those ones where it's like nobody's gonna remember this and that's good like i don't know why i really like that uh, maybe it's from my elitist days of college where I'm like, I don't want anybody to, to get it because <laughs> that'll make me happy. Yeah. Um, make it harder to access. I guess I, I like being inaccessible <laughs> underground. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. I, I just really like the idea of, of having, that's why I, I was so happy why I, for a while I was just putting out these albums, cutting them out by hand, accumulating a discography. <laughs> like it took maybe six or seven albums before I really got to, you know, be in the community and really have a, a voice in, you know, the circles of people that enjoy vaporwave and hip hop. Uh, and it, it's always really nice when somebody is like, Oh, I, I heard this album. And then I went and checked and you have like 15 other albums. Mm -hmm. It's like, good. I'm glad that it, it took that long for, I'm like genuinely happy that it took a while for, for it to get to you. It's, you know, I think it's sort of, that's how I want it to get to people. I want people to discover it and be like, where has this been? Uh, you know? Yeah. It makes us, certainly for a more interesting story yeah i think it's more rewarding for the listener mm -hmm. to kind of stumble upon something and go wow there's a lot of this there's a lot of this and um gold mine yeah that's how i want it to be kind of treated easily nice. consumed in a giant kind of binge session where you, it's all there for you to take in and then move on to the next thing mm -hmm. how long did it take to sell all i'm just curious um those older tapes was it all, was it right away? Did they all sell or, you know, after no two way. years, three no. years? No, I mean, yeah, it was really, it was kind of like that trajectory that I was explaining. Like I would have an album out and I would put a ton of work into these tapes and I would be like learning and fumbling along with, you know, labels and figuring out how to print uh, glossy, you know, J, J cards. Yeah. That, that took a long time. Uh so those would slowly, slowly trickle out of, you know, getting mailed out. And it sort of happened with the later stuff. So like, I would say probably around when the, uh, maybe it was, what's, what's this year, 2019? I don't know, like 2015, 2016, when those, that batch of albums started coming out. Mm -hmm. that was sort of when people started going back and going, Oh, you know what? I'm getting the newest album, but I also saw that you have this. So it would be like a couple here and there through that. And then after that, uh, they just sort of, they sort of disappeared with the, with every release. So 
one thing I try to do, I really don't, I mean, we're, we don't have to get into the whole reselling, you know, issue with vaporwave and all of that, but I've tried to make it easy to get these older tapes every once in a while. I'll reissue it, you know, for just to make sure that, you know, people can still go back and enjoy it on tape. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, there's been a couple people that are really adamant about it. Like, when's this coming back? When's this going to be back on tape? Because I missed it the first time. And that really keeps me going with being invested in my older stuff. Because I, I tend to think of it as disposable and be like, you know, I, I go back to an older album and it seems quaint to me and doesn't really seem like something I could do now. Not to say that my stuff's better now, just that my style doesn't, fit that that vision anymore no that's really nice uh so when people yeah when people express that interest it it keeps me invested in it so i appreciate when people definitely reach out to me and and ask me for that because otherwise i would not really not really care uh shout out to daniel from germany who's always been like i want more of this i want more of this and even though he knows that shipping costs an arm and a leg so yeah, it's it's usually a few very vocal, devout fans that are like keeping me invested in it too. Not to say I hate my music, but I think like a lot of artists, I'm usually thinking about where to go next, not really looking at where it's been. Mm-hmm. No, that's the I never thought about it that way. Going back to your old albums, like you kind of said, usually people aren't that into it. They're more focused on perfecting their new sound, perfecting their craft. Um, so that's really cool to kind of. Uh, brings you back to your roots a little bit and like i said a little bit so nice of you to to reissue those old ones because yeah the the aftermarket is it's a bloodbath sometimes yeah i really don't like that side of things so it usually i mean a reissue is a big thing like it's it's sometimes it doesn't have to be all that i i, I mean halcyon tapes is a small label uh, most of these labels that are on the cassette club the vcc they're smaller labels so i would if I could give any advice, just ask usually the label person. Uh, I never, if I have the materials for a tape, I never mind just putting one extra together for somebody that really wants it. Run numbers don't really matter that much to me. If somebody wants it, it should be available. That's awesome. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think for a lot of us in the scene that make the music and also produce the tapes, I think we have a, hopefully a similar mindset that, you know, sample based music is not fully ours to begin with so making it available to people should be you know a no-brainer it should be easy Mm -hmm. and if people wanted to do that how what's the best way to get a hold of you uh twitter probably i mean or facebook or yeah that's i mean some people reach out to me on instagram it's a very clunky messaging system but i guess uh wherever people can reach me that's you know where I respond. Uh, yeah, there's no real, no real set way. Uh, even email. I, I know a lot of people, especially like when it's somebody overseas, that seems to be the way to go. Like ask me an email. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Colin's work or wizard of loneliness, definitely check him out. He's got a lot of really cool sounds and he's, uh, you know, doing a lot in the scene like we've talked about. So can you tell us a bit about your production process? You know, where you, get your samples from like you know what inspires you to do that how you make your own sounds um you know maybe tell us an interesting story about uh one of the records you were working on 
Yeah, uh, I think the way that I go about it is from very similar, like a hip hop mentality of, I always keep my, I mean, I have my, my record player, um, right next to my workstation. I am a record collector. I buy a lot of records. I live right near uh, a really good record store. Uh, Princeton record exchange in New Jersey is an amazing, uh, record store, a lot of new stuff, but I mean, every once in a while you'll find something really nice, like in those under bins, the ones that, you know, they're like, okay, here's a dollar. It's got a bunch of mold on it, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so my process is really first, it starts with digging, listening to things online. If I can find it in record form, like actual vinyl, I'll always go for that. I really like the sound of that. Uh, yeah. So it starts with the sample. Uh, sometimes I have an idea when I hear a song, like if I'm listening to not the radio, but if I'm just listening to a playlist of songs and I hear something I really like, and I want to do something like that. Uh, but from there it, uh, follows a pretty similar process. Once I have that sample or that first idea in mind, uh, I use uh, native instruments machine. Uh, I've had a couple through the through the ages. I started with the Mark One. I have a couple micros that I use to teach people, and I have uh, Mark Two right now. Probably end up with a whatever their new thing is. Uh, so I'm pretty pretty linear with the range of project products that I use for it. Pretty much keep it, you know, all under the you know whatever whatever Native Instruments uses. Uh, so I guess I'll just walk you through real quick what the, the chain of, of equipment is. If anybody is trying to figure out how I'm doing what I'm doing, mm, please do. So I have, uh, yeah, so I have the record player goes into the mixer that I've got. Um, uh, it's a native instruments Z2. So I, I run that into the, uh, DAW that I have. That's the machine one that like the, the one that, uh, is integrated with the uh, the actual um, sampler, the machine sampling hardware. And from there, I pretty much map out the the drums. I play the drums uh, tapping, you know, finger, finger drum and like, like that thing. And I also use the uh, keyboard. I have a, a native, instrument, native Instruments Control S49, which is a very nice keyboard for people like me who don't actually know much beyond basic theory of of uh, music it allows me to kind of form chords with uh with the the root note and then sort of uh it you can build in the different structures and and um makes it very easy for a novice or at least somebody with the a basic understanding of of music theory yeah, so then I go into the the actual software and rearrange it. I try to keep a some somewhat like normal song structure to it with an intro, a chorus, some verses, but that's not you know, that's not my like goal with every single thing that I do. I, I try to just let the song sort of form naturally uh, from the, the cutting and chopping that I do with the sample and where I see the melody sort of forming. And that's about it. And then I render it and I put some effects on it. I like to use a lot of delays. I like to use a lot of kind of, 
uh, VHS type effects over some of the cleaner samples to sort of rough it up. And I, yeah, cool. Uh, and do everything on the, that on that. Yeah, that's that sounds like a very uh, complicated but streamlined process. Um, yeah, I have a. Uh, pre- I mean, I think everybody finds their own workflow. Right now, I have a very sort of I the workflow that I have it. That's what's natural to me. The uh, the ideas part is what is taking the effort. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, for everybody, the workflow is going to be different. It's whatever feels natural to you and what you can get stuff done with. So right, I feel really happy to have found that pretty. I mean, I'm, I add and remove stuff from it all the time, but, uh, you know, the, the core A, B, C, D to get to whatever Z is, uh, that's, that feels pretty natural to me at this point. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Wicked. And you mentioned, uh, drums. Can you tell us a little bit about how you make your drums? Like what software specifically you use or like built in drums? Yeah, it's a lot of uh, exploring different expansions that I use with the uh, sampling software that I have. Uh, It's you build. So basically for anybody that's unfamiliar with how this is set up on a on a sampler uh, or an MPC is what what we usually call them in in terms of how it's integrated into the workflow. Mm hmm. Uh, you load up different samples onto this. Well, I guess first you've imagine a uh, four by four grid of buttons, square buttons, and each of those is going to be some sort of sound that you when you when you press it, it's going to trigger that sound in the in the software. So, what typically we do is we load, you know, a kick drum on one of the squares. You got hi hat, snare. Um, different uh, percussive elements uh, like crash, ride cymbals. Um, and when you play those uh, in, you know, whatever pattern or rhythm you want to do, it it has that sort of, it has the emulation of, of someone playing a drum kit. It, it has that kind of vibe to it. So it's sort of like a drum machine. Um, a lot of the patterns that I use are ones that I create, uh, but sometimes I hear something in a like a, an expansion pack or something, you know, prefab, and it's really, you know, it just happens to fit what I want to do. So, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, take what I can get and make what I can't. Super cool, super cool, and I'm sure that'll be helpful for people. So uh, here's another question for you. If you had to uh, pick one Vaporwave release, like a record, mm. to call your favorite, what would it be? I'm sure you have uh, a whole bunch. I, you can pick one of a few, but what's what's not, what's not the top of your list? Uh, Icon's album Dissonance is my favorite Vaporwave album for sure. And that what? one's pretty easy. That's that's I've listened to that so many times. Um, it's like one of those albums where it's. I think everybody has their idea of like, okay, with all these subgenres, you you still want to come up with like, what is your like when you hear vaporwave, vaporwave, what do you want to hear? Like, that's my version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like Icon, no matter like how much you know, he may like drift in and out of the of the scene of like releasing albums or sometimes having you know issues releasing albums because yeah, i know there's a little controversy around that right 
uh, it's he's an artist that I think really captured whatever I want like vaporwave to be like that's gonna be pinnacle for me. It's one of those albums that like every track has some sort of good feeling associated with it. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it's when I got the album on tape, I had already probably listened to the digital version maybe like 20 times. And uh, I reached out to Icon and, you know, he's a really nice guy. I had started, I think it's one of the few times past when I started selling actual albums where I was like, okay, I want to send this, I want to send my stuff to him because I wanted to uh, share, you know, hopefully if, if, you know, with his music having been so like meaningful to me, maybe I can like share some of my music with him. Um, But yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. Nice. No, that's a really, that's a nice story. (laughs) Cool record. I actually, I haven't heard it, so I'll have to check it out. Yes, please do. Please do. Um, Embarrassingly. (laughs) <laughs> there's it's, so much I, I mean it, it's there's so much vaporwave out there i'm not gonna like you know tout it as like oh everyone it's not like i doubt it's in not to like undersell it or anything but it's not like this this genre and this set of genres has so many like just hidden gems it's like it's definitely in that that kind of category where okay. it's like flew i think nowadays it probably flies under everybody's radar because it came out so many you know what is it? Three years ago, almost four years ago. Yeah, and what was the name of it again? Uh, it's Dissonance by Icon. Dissonance. Let me double. Definitely Dissonance. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Um. So do you <laughs> so like checking really quick yeah, if I said it wrong? Yeah, for sure. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, because like you say it so many times, and I'm like, wait, is it Innocence? No, I've said it so many times. Like oh, that happens to me all the it's time. So good though. It's so good. Yeah. Cool. No, I'm I'm looking forward to to it. Um. So do you have if you were to give any aspiring beat makers or producers uh, any tips, what would they be? Mm, you know the the best advice for every type of creative medium is is the same i think it's you know do what sounds or feels or looks right to you i think that pretty much applies to anything i Mm -hmm. don't i mean like i get a lot of submissions that yeah it's probably not i mean it's not for me it's maybe not something we'd release but it's i'd never say that like somebody's music that they're putting effort into is is uh not worth time if it i guess that's where that's where i started and that's where i'm still at with music i make stuff that i want to listen to i know it sounds like contrary to what you know i said earlier about not going back to earlier stuff but when it comes to making an album i make stuff that i want to listen to at that time um i put i'm you know i'm not above vanity i put like I put my stuff on SoundCloud and I listen to it on in the car and have fun doing that. So just do what sounds good to you. Make stuff you want to listen to because if it sucks and you're listening to it, you still have something that you can listen to. Like, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much it. I mean, in terms of technique, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do I do what works for me. I think everybody should just do what works for them yeah well no that i was gonna say that's great advice it's reassuring advice for sure yeah i think maybe i mean 
any genre that you try to break into or anything that you try to get into, you're going to encounter like gatekeepers and people that say what things can and can't be. And it's like, that's not really what making music's about. I think, yeah, just stick to to, to why you wanted to get into it. Hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Don't try and please everybody. Yeah, don't try and please anybody. That's what I say. <laughs> like, just please yourself. Just stay at home and please yourself all day. You're gross. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I mean, it, it's it satisfy your your own creativity. That's what it should be. There you go. Nice and succinct. Yeah. Uh, so one last question before we let you go. Do you have any, I know you did mention one thing, but anything uh, fans can look forward to in the future? Yeah, uh, I've been keeping a lot of stuff sort of uh, just not under wraps. I mean, I'm very not I'm not very private when it comes to like music. I let people hear it all along the path of not not so far as to like say, here's six seconds of a song that I think I might finish. Like I I put out all my finished songs pretty easily available to everybody. Mm. If you are into the more complete vision of what I wanted, like what I try to do, I would stick to the band camp. That's where the albums are posted. There's several albums on the way. I have one, uh, that was released pretty recently on golf. Uh, what was it? Golf audio company. Yeah. That was a sort of tribute to this anime slash game series called dot hack sign that I really love. Uh, and I rewatch every every now and again. That came out on CD. Those should be arriving in the mail pretty soon if you ordered one, depending on when you listen to this. The tape and VHS of that is coming soon. So that's on Golf. I also have on Halcyon an album called Overworld, which if you subscribe to Halcyon, then you can listen to it right now. Uh, if you're a if you're a supporter on there, and yeah, I just really want to make sure that the packaging of that is kissing my fingers and uh, doing an air thing. Oh yeah, I can I, see it now. I want to make sh- yeah, mwah, very nice. Um, I want to make sure that that's all ready. So the album itself is done. I don't know why I'm taking so long to kind of find the find the the packaging that fits it but that'll be i mean what's today march 25th uh when we're recording this that should be within a month and yeah i mean that's that's the most cohesive album that's not released yet but there are i don't know i've been taking a long time with these albums recently you know, I used to just be like, okay, every two months album coming out, but I don't know. I I was talking to Randy about this. Like, I was like, I haven't released an album in months. And he's like, yeah, that's how it is for most people. Like most people take a couple months or at least a year or something. But I have tons and tons of stuff that I'm just, I'm these, I have visions for all of them. It's, they're all cohesive projects. They're all kind of in the works. And I'm just sort of looking for uh, help from artists to get those visions created. Some very interesting ideas. I don't want to give away just yet, but I can kind of hint at um, some ideas that I don't think people have done before. Um, 
yeah, tying back to things that anywhere from like choose your own adventure books all the way to uh, model kits. I think we've got a lot of stuff in the works. Wow. That's really cool. So that's exciting. Yes, 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 yes. So if you're interested in those, you can, I mean, I, I wear all my interests on my sleeve. Like if it's something I love that I really feel strongly like for, you know, having that nostalgia for, I'm going to, I, I try to, I try to bring that into it. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like doing that stuff with, uh, with sheep's album. Cause I used to play the Sims when I was like a kid. Yeah. So bringing that to life is, is sort of, sort of what I like to do. For sure, and that's a that's, that means the vaporwave is working. Yeah, I mean, if if nostalgia is some, something people are interested in, that's you know that's where my passion is at. That's what my my beats sort of form from. And uh, yeah, so we're releasing on a bunch of different mediums. Uh, FZ is helping uh, Halcyon out. He's doing a great job with these mini discs. Uh, I am handling the part of the tapes. He's also got a stack as you call it, a stack at home. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have, you know, combined <laughs> somewhere near, geez, I've gone through, I've gone through myself uh, almost 10 different decks. I'm, you know, on another set of four, wow. uh, tape decks. So, and, uh, yeah. And there's always more vinyl on the way. I'm working with a couple people to try and make, uh, Hopefully, fingers crossed, farewell, my little Viking. I really want to do that. It's going to need a double, and it's going to be a huge undertaking. But i that's like, like I said, that's probably the thing that I am, like if I'm going to say, here's where, I, here's where Wizard of Loneliness and Vaporwave intersect. That's, that's really what I want to put out. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Awesome. Well, man, thanks, for so, thanks so much. That, this was an awesome conversation. Um, don't forget to check out Colin's stuff and, you know, subscribe or follow him. Yeah, uh, it should be public. I, I go private every once in a while um, when uh, the kids get too rowdy. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> need a little space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that's fine. We all do every now and then. Okay, well, if there's anything you want to say before we take off, uh, you know, it's all you. I had a fun time uh, helping with uh, putting Trash Ghost's album on the for that private suite thing. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's a really great guy. He's uh, a good friend of mine. We should have an interview, actually, with him coming soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I, I, I like to talk, so maybe this is a good... <laughs> maybe this will be a good interview. Maybe not. I don't know. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I don't know. Hope everyone has a really good day, uh, wherever you're listening to this from. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. I really like talking to people about uh, music. I like talking to people about, you know, the other stuff I do in my life. Um, yeah, uh, I think it, if we're going to continue having this be like a community, everybody should feel free to reach out. Yeah, that that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Colin. I don't know. I don't have a catchphrase or anything. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, man. You're you're awesome, and we really appreciate it once again. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. It's my pleasure. You're pretty awesome too, I guess. I'm all right. I'll yeah. take it. I mean, I did, I've I you looked up more about me than I about you, so I can't, with all certainty, you know, vouch for all the things you could have done. Some pretty messed up stuff. Touche, touche. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm squeaky clean though, so like if if oh, anybody's yeah. like wants to wants to vouch for me, okay. don't worry. I've, I'm I'm not doing anything bad. <laughs> I'm a good guy. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, my friend. Have a great rest of your night. I will. I'm gonna go to sleep because I usually go to sleep around eight thirty. Oh yeah. That's not a that's not a lie. That's just that's that's how it is. Bedtime for you. Yeah, early to bed, early yeah. to rise makes a man wealthy and well, I'm not wealthy, but <laughs> some it makes me you get up early, you know. That's <laughs> I'm yeah. not, I'm I'm working to attain those other things. Yeah. No, no, I like waking up early actually. Um, Wisdom and wealth will come, I'm sure. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Yep, have a good one. Thanks a lot, my friend. All right, and that was my conversation with Wizard of Loneliness, also known as Colin. And we're going to leave you with one of his tracks. It's called Seasons. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Private Suite Magazine interview series. I'm Indy Advant. Take care. 